gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigadonna, and with me, as always... Richie Bird, and what a show we have today! I am so pumped up. I feel so clear-headed. I'm so excited. Uh, we were laughing backstage. We were just backstage with the guest, and she had us on the floor. We're laughing, we're having a good time, and we totally uh, were so, like, oh uh, shit, we should be doing this on on uh yeah. on live i'm like stop talking and wait <laughs> wait for us to introduce you so how are you mark i'm good man how are you yeah, i'm good it's a sad day Uh-oh. i hate to say that another but, uh, sad one it's not that sad though what's up brian flammer tom bannis what's up 50 years ago today the greatest band in the history of music broke up the beatles broke up 50 years ago today how about that that's a that's you know a sad i was alive one. You were alive. You were, you know, just hitting 30. I was just and... hitting 30. I was coming in my own. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and they, the, the Beatles broke up 50 years ago. Today. I think that's uh, quite interesting. Were I you think... were you a huge Beatles fan? Uh, How old were you when I they was, broke up? Uh, well, I was only six when they broke up. But um, when I turned about around that age, it's a whole long story that I'm not going to get into. But I got turned on to the Beatles. So, like, I started listening to early Beatles when I was, like, seven years old uh, because my dad brought home their first album. So, in my – I just slowly – even though they broke up right when I started listening to them. They were new. For the next seven years, I listened to them only – almost exactly as the albums came out only seven and- years later. You know what I mean? So – I got and my my I had a babysitter. He was a huge Beatles fan, so he would come over with Sergeant Pepper and talk to me. You know, when I was like ten, and you know it, that was such the seventies was such an amazing time for music, man. It really was. It was yeah, you know, oh. I was young, but it was such a great time. You know, I, I mean, I discovered yeah, Zeppelin. I mean, look at Zeppelin, look at Black Sabbath. Those bands still sound today like if you put them out today, they'd work. They'd sound fresh and new, you know. Yeah. When they when they were making music in the in the seventies, you go fifty years back. That's the twenties. Yeah. You know, think about that. Music from the twenties to the seventies changed so much, but from the seventies to now, you could put a lot of those bands out today, and people go, "Oh my god, this band is so new and fresh." You know. What do you remember when Kanye West did the the song with Paul McCartney? And, and all these people are like, I don't know who this Paul McCartney is, but he's about to blow up. I went, I went to see McCartney with uh, my friend and his daughter, and um, he, his daughter knows McCartney. She was a kid, but she knew. But McCartney did that song, and um, uh, five six seconds to uh, what the hell's the name of the song? I can't remember. And when that song came up, when he started doing that song, she went berserk. You know what I mean? It was so funny. She goes, "Oh, that's that guy. It's that guy." You know. <laughs> this old man got to do a song with Kanye. That's nice before he passes away. Let him have one hit. So that's our little <laughs> tidbit of the day. The Beatles broke up 50 years ago today. Well, we had uh who let's right now, who do you think the biggest Beatles fan we've had on the show so far? Aside we've from t- me. Yes. Yeah, well, 
yeah, I, we we've had a lot of Beatles talk on our uh, show. Well, we had the Beatles, the the one guy I really wanted to talk to, and all he did was talk about spirituality and pissed me off. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, John Fugles. Yeah. yeah. All you wanted was Beatles stories, and he yeah. started talking about Jesus, and you were like, "Didn't you know the Beatles are bigger than Jesus?" You, <laughs> you got John Fugel saying on the show. And John, and I knew this that John Fuglesang did the last televised interview with George Harrison before Harrison died. You were so excited about that, I and then could, we were... I couldn't believe that he was coming on our show, and he was great on our show. But we talked about everything but the Beatles. <laughs> it's the curse. If you have a plan in your head, it never goes as planned. <laughs> Brian Flammer wrote, "My sister was amazed that McCartney." was in a band before wings which is <laughs> can i tell you and i know this is a sacrilege but i like wings more than the beatles well you gotta re- you gotta remember that i grew up when wings were you gotta playing. remember that i was 13 14 15 years old i adored wings went to i still uh band on the runs one of the greatest albums ever yeah made. um oh. it's like three album. songs in one the, the greatest album though the greatest his, to me, maybe I'm amazed is one of the t- most amazing songs ever written. You know, mm-hmm. I love I love Paul McCartney. I love Wings. I have no problem with that. I have Who's no, your I, favorite Beatle? I'm a huge what? Who's your favorite Beatle? Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I loved Lennon. I was Lennon, all Lennon, Lennon. You know, I don't know why. Because when I was younger. You were a I, tortured artist. Well, I thought that. But <laughs> I, I couldn't hit Paul's notes when I, I could sing John's notes. <laughs> And, and, That's and, why I like Ringo. I can play the same beats. <laughs> but then as I got older, I just was like, you know, I always felt Paul took a bad rap because it's not just like my brother always says, and he's not even a big Beatles fan. My brother always says, people always said John Lennon was the word guy and Paul was the music guy. And he goes, Paul McCartney wrote Eleanor Rigby, case closed, you know, and he's, it's true. I mean, it's an amazing song. It's just, you know, just a great song. So I love both. You know, and then now in it's funny when I got in my fifties, I realized how really amazing George Harrison was. Well, so I was about to say I I am a George Harrison probably first, and then Thanks, Paul Tom McCartney right me. right underneath. What? I like uh, Harrison, and then McCartney's right underneath. Then there's a huge gap to Lennon. You know what? Really, you know what? A lot of people don't know the first. Number one song by. And if you play it backwards, it says that they worship the devil. No, Ringo had the first hit. I bet he did. Uh, It was um, was it only you or it was one or photograph? I think it was photograph. He had the first number one after the Beatles broke up. Of any, isn't that wild? Yeah. Oh, did you see what Paul wrote? I said, yeah. Wings is the band the Beatles could have been. Alan, that is awesome. That's uh, I I love that because the Beatles, if you think about it, when they first hit the U.S., they were like popcorn bubblegum. I wanna hold you. You know, you say that because you're listening to the music now, but no, that- no, but that was the music then. But what I'm saying, I know the point you're gonna make, but what I'm saying is they went from that. Then they got stoned and heard the Beach <laughs> Boys, and then all of a sudden they became the Yellow Submarine. Well- Sergeant Pepper, like crazy, yeah. like they went through such a woo. We could, dude, we could do twelve hours on the Beatles here, and people would be like, 
writing and going nuts. Brian Flemmer's phone died. Great. But yeah. I think we got to get our guest out here. Uh, uh, and talking about Yes. And we'll definitely have an opinion on the Beatles because we, she knows music more than anybody I know. And she's also well, always know, has I, an opinion more than anyone I, I took know. A, I took a voice class with her mother, her mother-in-law. Really? Oh, she's yeah, a great singer. About that. Yeah, we can talk about yeah, that. Yeah. We're going to bring her out to a special video. Okay, cool. Bring her out to a video and then we'll introduce her when she hits when she hits the deck. I'm not doing the birthdays anymore. When you consider a 50-year-old a younger man, what's to celebrate? The difference between like young people sex and old people sex is that young people can go for hours, not old people. You do 10 minutes, you could die. Every- Folks, the one of the performers, the producer, our favorite person on the planet, Carol Montgomery's in the hey. house. Hey, how you hey. doing, guys? What's up? You're the Not Alec much. Baldwin of drinks, jokes, and storytelling. You ah. hold the record for the most appearances. I said the Tom Hanks, but I like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yes, this is your yeah. fourth show. My, is it really? Gosh, yeah. we love yeah. you so much that you it's... know. You know what happened is, out letting the viewing audience know that. When we were doing the shows at the comic strip, we would bring in somebody and we'd do a show. Right. And and we we weren't live, so we if we had a good time with them, we'd go, let's do another show. Right. And we had such a good time with you that we just we kept spend the whole day together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You, they, they, everyone in, in in your audience should know that we're all very close. We've known each other a very long time. Yes. Yeah. Two of my favorite guys. And I don't like, and I don't like anybody. So. You're, one of, you're one of my favorite guys. Oh, thank you. Well, that's only because my dick is bigger than yours. She's got so, the biggest um, one. I would have appreciated if you didn't have to prove it all the time. Well, <laughs> she keeps you know. funking it on the table. <laughs> so, yeah. Carol, I have to tell you something. Yes. <laughs> she takes out just enough to beat me. Hey! <laughs> you got to tell that story now. Which, you have to tell my... the story of where that comes from. Up uh, Milton Girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to tell Milton the story Girl for the audience. Howard Stern. Because Milton Girl was famous for having the biggest dick in show business. Right. And Howard Stern, when he was on Stern, Stern kept going, come on, let me see it. And, and, Bur- and he goes, come on, if I take mine out, will you take yours out? And Burl said, you take yours out and I'll take out just enough to beat you. <laughs> greatest line yeah. Yeah. and the best is uh, the rumor is he had the biggest dick and is the biggest dick yes yeah. he was not yeah. a nice man not, not a, a nice man, man. but carol um yes last week i was laying on the couch right here and uh, watching the tv right there yes and it was like two in the morning and i'm switching around and i'm like should i go to bed i you know i'm like i got nothing to do got nothing to do tomorrow Exactly. And all of a sudden, bam, I'm going through Showtime, and there it is. Funny women of a certain... I go, oh, my God, I got to watch this. You were getting had- ready for it. You were getting ready for the second taping when we had you on the podcast. That's right. That's right. You didn't even have the lineup f- secured. Nope. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. It's up. Yeah. It's uh, well, I you lost two you of them out. Huh? Oh, Richie lost us, but we still have you, Richie. Um, I can see you, you Richie. Yeah, yeah, we can see you. Uh, you guys are like... Fr- oh, there goes oh, Richie. There we go. <laughs> Richie, where'd you go? Richie and technology is... Uh, well, yeah, that's one of the things we were going to give him shit about. 
<laughs> but I wanted to hear him get, tell me how great the special was. We'll, we'll pause that. Let's talk Beatles while we while we wait for Richie. It was first of all, it it was so funny to hear him talking about the Beatles because you know, I you must know the story that Lane learned how to read and write from the Beatles when he was a little boy. Lane's uh, Carol's son, for anyone who doesn't know. Yes, and Carol's son is my brother. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> yes, he is, and he's twenty-eight years old now. And but he oh, used to, um, he used to look at the albums that my husband had of the Beatles, and he would learn how to write the titles of the album, like the you know he'd write all the songs wow. down. And what was funny was this is when I lived in Vegas, so. We went to go do a radio show, and he was with me. I forget why he was with me, but he was four years old, and we're on the radio, and 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 he sat there. He was very quiet, and at one point, I said, you know, my son's a huge Beatle fan, and so he, so Lane said, can you play the song? It's on the White Album, track four, and the DJ goes, that's not track four, and Lane and him start fighting. He's four years old at the time. And he, <laughs> And he said, I'm telling you, it's track four. And then we ended up doing something. We ended up leaving the studio and we put the radio on. And the first thing the DJ, DJ said was, that damn kid was right. It was track four. <laughs> I'm back. Thank God. Can I just tell you guys something? Ah, Denise. So we drop, I drop out and <laughs> I'm trying to get back in. Right. And, I'm, and I get a text from our brilliant producer, Joey St. John. And here's the text. You ready? You dropped out. Ah! Thank, you, Thank you for the big help, Joey. Well, the the my. Oh, <laughs> I forgot he has control over everything. He's like God up there. <laughs> so, so tell me about you watching I, the special. Yeah, so get watched, back I, to. It was the second one. Okay. And, and I go, let me. Oh, let me watch. Well, and bam, out you come. And I'm, I'm like, that's my girl. That's my Aww. girl. And then uh, Carol Leifa went on and just crushed. And then you went on and just destroyed. Thanks. And then um, Julia. I, Julia. No, she closed, didn't she? Great, no, well, she was third on this. Yeah, then, the, they edited it. So she, did. she had, yeah. Julia closed that night. Yeah. Julia was phenomenal. Wasn't oh, she God. great? And yeah. then Tammy was great. And then I fell asleep. Oh, okay. So you missed I still got to watch the rest. So but, you you got to watch Thea Thea and 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 Caroline. They everyone just you know kicked knocked it out of the park, man. The, yeah, all the girls. Yeah, I worked with Julia just recently, and she was saying uh, during the taping she had to go on after Thea. Yes, and she goes, I was I was so scared and so nervous, and I was like, you know what, I just got to do it. And she went out and. She said, she goes, you know me. I never admit when it goes well, but it went well. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was so funny because I said to her, you know, remember, not only am I in the show, but I created the show and I was also the executive producer. And I knew she was, I knew she didn't want to follow her. And I took her aside and I said, are you going to trust me? You've, you've trusted me on every single thing we've done. Because she was originally supposed to be in the first special. Now, who and she... I miss it though. Who was she supposed to follow? Thea Vidal. Oh, okay. I miss and, Thea. Yeah, and Julia was supposed to be in the first special, and then she got sick, and then uh, she had. So I said, I said, and and when we got the when we got the green light for the second special, I said to Showtime, 
well, we're putting we're putting Julia back on, correct? And they were like, absolutely. I said, are you going to trust me? And she said, yes. And I know she was scared. I said, I'm telling you, you are going to destroy. And she had the set of her life. I'm going to write her and tell her that she was just, I didn't know that story, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, my God, she's killing it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing I'm proudest about because everybody that I've, even the first special was the same way. I mean, they were just such killer comics. Yeah. And it's just like, go out, just do your set. Don't think about what everyone else is doing. Just do it, man. And that those are the signs of pros. You know what I mean? You know this. We've all followed each other and gone, do they have to do that fucking well? Do they have to do that well? <laughs> You're going to make me work tonight? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, the most yeah. nervous I ever was is I think you and I were in the Outer Banks and I had to follow you. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, saying, I was saying on Instagram that uh, you're always happy when somebody you are friends with in the business yeah. comes up with something and runs with it and bam, there it is. And, and it, it was yes. not only perfect timing, you guys pulled mm -hmm. it off so wonderful yeah. for the theme of it being. And it was about time that they did a theme of the the women of a certain age. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it, was, it was really perfect timing and deserved. Right. Thank and, you. But you Thank also, you. but you go, okay, I'm so happy for my friend. My, this is great. And you, and the other side of you is going, Oh, good. It's my friend. They'll use me in it. And you had to come up with the one fucking concept. <laughs> Get me in, Carol. Richie, Richie, let me talk about your tits, all right? You could do it. <laughs> oh, they're very supple. Oh, or come as on, I like call it Tuesday. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, the thing, I had a funny idea of like going into the audition when you're like uh, as one of the things wearing a wig and a dress and you'd be like mark and they're like look nobody likes white dudes no more yeah I need something. <laughs> we can't get work I, I i i think the fu manchu might give you away though mark i'm just saying i'm just saying <laughs> i'm sicilian <laughs> so no, look I was very lucky. I, I, I shouldn't say I was very lucky. You're not lucky. It was no. deserved, and you yeah. paid you Thank paid you. more than the amount of dues you needed to. And, and Carol, you. you're another one. And, before, and then you can talk where we were, we we would say we were saying this about Vic Henley. Carol's another one where you walk in a room and she's there, and you go, "Oh, good, Carol's here." Oh, you, know, you do. You just Thank you. and everybody feels that way. I mean, every you. every major step in my career. Any little step I've taken that moved me forward, Carol was part of it. So the only, the only one who ever said things about you was Steve Cruiser. Yeah, he <laughs> hates you. <laughs> we were gonna play the clip from uh, Hey Maria Wall. Walsh in the house. I uh, we were gonna play that clip from uh, that Felicia shot when we went to Iraq. Oh yeah. And uh, Cruiser goes, "Great. I'm going into Iraq with the loudest Jew in the, the country." <laughs> <laughs> and now when we were do you remember so so I don't know if you know this story, Richie. So so the first time we go into Iraq, we none of us knew what we were doing. So we get into Kuwait and we didn't know that we had to go through customs or, you know, uh, immigration and everything. And I, you know, I'm the leader of the group. So I'm trying to find somebody to talk to me. And nobody would fucking talk to me because I was a woman. Wow. Yeah. So I, so I had to go grab Steven Cruiser. She was going to grab me, but she needed a man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Steven Cruiser, who no, no one would talk to because he's an asshole. Right. <laughs> but I had to, he had to be my I love man. You, Steven. 
He had to be my man. Wow. I, and I was so, and he was laughing. He loved every second of yeah. that. Hold so on, Carol. Let a man handle this. One of my favorites. Got, I got I to gotta ask you. So what did you, did you like the cold open that I did for the special? When I, uh, I loved it. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I, I really did. I did. Oh. It was great. It was no, because because no. We, I wanted to do that. I, I want, because you know, and you both of you guys know this, is that in our business, whenever you're successful, everyone says, oh, they got lucky. So that's why I did the show. I don't know. Do I you know. Mark, have you, Mark, you haven't seen it yet, right? I haven't seen it. I don't have showtime. I want well, to see it so bad. Well, basically what I did is I said, welcome to the second special. And then I stop and I go, I know you guys thought this was a one-off. I said, you know. I'm 61 years old. Maybe I get a pity fuck, but I don't get a pity special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is not a one night stand. Right. And then it goes right into the show because it was really important because, you know, you know, there are people that were thinking that. Yeah. I don't know how you Carol, I think that's true. Most of the time, I don't know that it's true with you. Oh, now, anybody who I knows really you know. knows. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Carol, I didn't. You and I met years later we we had a million mutual friends that's we did we yes. met and one the one being the biggest was being steve cruiser right and i uh couldn't believe how many people who i knew and loved and respected in his business if your name came up it was like oh carol montgomery carol montgomery so oh. i don't know that anybody in it, uh, there are a lot like if rick adonna got a special we'd all be like everyone would wonder what the fuck happened <laughs> Who did he blow? (laughs) (laughs) Well, real quick, let's play the other clip. We have another clip of yours for the uh, special. We'll do that right after, baby. We'll play the other clip. And uh, this is your special that's on Showtime. Uh, Make sure you guys watch it. Yes. On on demand it. Because what would the all-male special be called? Congress? I'm transgender. I was married when I came out. I said, honey, we have to talk. She's looking at me. She goes, is it another woman? <laughs> Listen, my sweet young millennials, you have something that our generation will never have again. Hope. <laughs> Man, make sure you guys go to uh, DVR it I mean, on demand it. Well, uh, Spectrum, which is the the cable company here, I don't know if they're doing, and they may be doing it with Amazon now. They're doing like uh, two weeks free and everything. So, so yeah. many people have seen it because you can get it on Spectrum now. Oh, good. So, yeah. Good. So, so, um, but yeah, and then the next one will be called. The next one we're going to call even more, and then the fourth one we're going to go even even more. <laughs> we're just going to keep saying more, more, even more, even more. There's can a lot do, of f- just do one. Women of a certain age with dicks. Just <laughs> women of a certain age and Richie. I, here's the same thing. I won't get on that one either. <laughs> true. Very true. The, I, I, I got to tell you, though, I, I mean, you not only because you're part of it, but you also you tapped into a market that is uh, absolutely it's so great because. There are so many oh. funny women who have not got theirs. Absolutely. So right. you're gonna you're going to discover these women that have been doing comedy for thirty years and yeah, giving right. them their break, which is just awesome. You're like the female Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, I should only live that long. <laughs> Do that many drugs. 
Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 but it's funny because, you know, I'm looking at the list and I go, yeah, I know her. I know her. I know. But you realize, yeah, nobody else does. Yeah. And that's sad, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, originally, uh, so so Julia was supposed to do the first one and then she got sick. And then Wendy Liebman, she was supposed to do the first one, too. And she got hit by a car. Jesus. Oh, shit. And so I, I and literally. That's a tough like, phone call. Wait a minute. And like literally, I said to my Showtime guy, I said, "This is the problem when you hire old women. Somebody's gonna get fucking hurt." So, um, so we Wendy was supposed to Wendy was supposed to do the second one also, but right. because we did, we turned around so fast on the second special. She still she recent. I think she just started going back to doing stand up, and it was like two years later. She was. They, they, I mean, she broke both legs. Oh man! So, yeah. Well, yeah, I so, want to argue Julia just because she's really only about 10 or 12 years old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she, you know, she, when when I got the idea, I remember walking, I was going to the theater where they were giving us our show. Uh, we have a, um, a residency at the Crane Theater. Well, not right now we don't because it's closed. But I, re I remember walking from the East Village and I called her on the phone and I said, I have this idea. I want you to be one of the one of the regulars, and she, of course, jumped at it because we just we don't get that. But you guys know that. I mean, Mark, you're you're younger than us, but Richie knows that. You know, it, sex is a, a, a ageism. Ageism is a bitch. Is, well, I say that. I say that. I, I've said that in, in in so many interviews. I've gone. If I had to choose between ageism or sexism, I would take I would take a pat on the ass because that at least meant somebody noticed me. Right. Right. Can I tell you something crazy though? There, I saw reverse ageism when I was coming up, because when I started, I was only like nineteen, twenty years old. Yeah. And when I'd go up on stage, immediately, and Greg Giraldo pointed this out to me. As soon as I'd walk on stage, the audience looked at me like, "What is this young punk? Know? Like, what does right. he know?" Yeah. And I had right. to really prove myself. And then as I hit in my like mid twenties and through my thirties, it was like it got easier. But now I'm hitting the end of my 30s. I'm seeing a little bit of a, I'm the old man now when I go do these shows on the Lower East Side. And yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm still in my 30s. Man. And they're like, yeah, whatever, old man. That's oh, yeah. Why, <laughs> that's why he hangs out with me. <laughs> so he can be, he can look young. Shit, I was going to ask you something. I can't remember how to do with the show. So you, I knew, I remember when you came up with this concept and you were, you were starting to tour it and everything. And what, did you see this as the end goal? Was this, did you? What, the TV? It? Yeah. Or was it oh, just going to be a tour? No, you know what? I, I, I look, I, I say this, I say this whenever I do the live show. I just wanted to work with my girlfriends. I really did not. I mean, I love you, you and Mark, and maybe a couple, maybe two or three other men I love working with. I mean, you know, I mean, like, but for the, but. Even you guys, when do we ever get to work together anymore? Because mm -hmm. we're all headlining. Right, right. So so I came up with the idea of, oh, well, I'll do this, and it'll be a three-person show where they're all headliners and get to work with my friends. Mm -hmm. But my partner, Dave Goldberg, who is the uh, executive producer with um, uh, with Rob Sia from Killer Bunny, he was the one that said, I think this is a TV show, Carol. So he came to see the show. I think it was the first show we did at The Crane, and he went, oh my God, let's do this! And you know, everyone who everyone who we pitched it to got it immediately. Do you really? know what I went? 
Wow. Yeah. That's half the battle right there. Yeah. And then when I, the reason I went to Showtime is because they gave me my first break. Because do you, I don't think Mark remembers this, but do you remember the Showtime Comedy Club? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I was on the All Stars. Okay. Right. The, the one with Don Rickles. And I, I wanted to bring it back to Showtime. Like I was, 53, 54. There. That was 1942, Richie. Go fuck yourself. Yes, so that's why I wanted to give it. I, I wanted to go back to them. And, and you know what? And this isn't kissing their ass because they know the type of person I am. They were smart enough to, to go, we have, we have something great here. Mm-hmm. And when we were doing press for the second special, we, we found out, because you never find out the ratings, you know? We found out that... From Showtime's press people, we were the highest rated stand-up comedy special on Showtime for 2019. Hell yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. And now with the quarantine, like literally we premiered the weekend that became lockdown. So the the numbers, they probably went through the roof. (laughs) You know the secret of comedy, right? Timing. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I'm thrilled. You know, and hopefully we'll they'll, we'll get another one out of this. That, see, because we just found out we're the top-rated streaming show in my house. In Moscow, <laughs> and Moscow. that's that's huge. At this time, yeah, it's very huge. Yeah, so well, in, in my house, you guys are not even breaking the top one hundred. I'm just letting <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, um, that's why we brought you on. We're hoping to get this thing going one house yeah. at a time. So we're a half hour in, and we haven't done the drink. We haven't done the store. We haven't done any. Uh, well, here we go. Let's do it, baby. Um, Richie, right. what are you drinking? I'm gonna go. I'm going back to my old days, Marky. I, I got my Johnny Stop. Black on the rocks. Johnny, Johnny Black. Black. Yeah. Very nice. I'm not driving anywhere tonight. So. Uh, usually you, drinking, you are. I am going with the theme, Corona beer. Yeah. Corona uh, beer. And see not- what we did there? We did not do the ladies' first thing. Because we're no. we're men of a certain age now. Well, we're actually, happy. actually, we did do ladies first, Richie. Um, <laughs> remember good. Carol's big dick? Yeah, and I'm not a lady, so really. And I am drinking. I I am drinking seltzer. As you, you know the the thing I love so much. Carol has three drinks: seltzer, red wine, or tequila. And exactly. you know which Carol you're getting on what she's drinking. That's so funny because when I Tequila said- Carol shows up, she's leaving early because she's winding Todd. <laughs> That's so funny because I said to Todd, I said, and he's working. He's in the other room. He's working on some music. But I, um, I said to him, I said, you better open up a bottle of wine. I want to have a bo- I want to have a glass of wine with my friends. And he's been busy recording, so I ended up with seltzer. That's so funny. It's seltzer, <laughs> red wine, or tequila. He knows me too well, Mark. That is good, Mark. That is also, good. But, and by the way, I just just to do a plug for the family. So the when you so you 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 see the opening of the show, and then you hear the guitar. That's yeah. Todd. Todd wrote oh, that. Really? Yeah, oh, Todd wrote. Yeah. And then and then when you hear the music under the when we're talking with all the interstitials that's his song and then when you hear the credits on the second special that's lane's song so really? nepotism nepotism oh, no. baby oh i don't that's the only way to do great wow. you know what I'm, I'm already sleeping with him i might as well use him right yeah, yeah. <laughs> get what you want out of him yeah and i do yeah so i'm 
but it's great. You know, that's really kind of cool also that they, that they all, I, you know, because this is what's so great about when you, when you create a show, you forget it's your show that, so there, everyone was like, well, what do you want? I'm like, uh, my husband to write music and my son. And they're like, okay. So, wow. Oh, that's great. That's really bingo. bingo. Cool. Yeah. I was yeah. telling Mark that I, I actually took a couple of voice lessons with your mother-in-law back in yes, the day. Yes, you did. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Your mother-in-law is a famous Broadway, famous Broadway pianist and, yeah. um, and, and vocal coach and yeah. rehearsal yeah. pianist and everything. And, yeah. you know, Richie is a very good singer. Yeah. Let's, put him, let's put him on the Harold, spot. Sing. Harold Sing. used to write on the, uh, the Richie Burns show. Yes, I did. Wow, God, that was what? That was 1912. We had a lot of fun, right? We wrote the Satan. Remember Satan? Uh, I sold my soul to Satan to get a yes. show. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. that was before the 1918 uh, flu pandemic. Yeah. So we're doing this <laughs> I always had more fun with the writing sessions than I did anything else with that. Just sitting yeah. around with you guys. You know, it was always so much fun. And it was such a great show. I, you should bring it Thank back. You. I'm. I'm I would, but we're we're not allowed to be near each other. That's true. That's, That's why true. it's going so well now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carol, do you have a do you have a street joke for us? I don't. <laughs> I had I was thinking about it, but you know what? Honestly, this is the most excitement I've had since I've been locked out. So, so um, I will tell you. Okay, a street joke. I don't really have a street joke, but I will tell you. What it's like being locked down with your husband? Okay, we're we're fighting on we're fighting on who takes out the garbage so we can have some alone time. <laughs> I'm like, let me let me go to the basement, honey. You don't have to. I've been with my husband now for well, how long has it been? Three weeks, every goddamn day. So I just want to take the laundry out or to go to the go. You know, like you know, we've been locked up too much when I was. I got pissed off at the dog. Ah! I told him, oh. I'm like, will you leave me alone? <laughs> yeah, you got. He's under what? my feet constantly. Well, what is what is it like with the kids? The kids must be driving you fucking crazy. Uh, yes. Uh, it was a blessing, and then it became a curse. Oh, yeah. It's a blessing again. I, uh, I, at some, at one point during the day, I have to just walk away. Yeah, yeah. I have to yeah. go. I'm sorry. I can't be here right now. I got to go. I yeah. will take my chances. Well, I love when uh, when Trump says, uh, people have been telling me how happy they are spending time with their family. I'm like, nobody's telling you that. Nobody, nobody. said that. No, but there's nobody who wants to spend time with their family ever. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's so funny because, you know, I've been doing stand-up forever. So what... When I think back to when I was first dating Todd and then we got married and everything, the reason the marriage lasted, you know, we had been, you know, we celebrated 36 years. The reason the marriage lasted is I was on the road three weeks right. every fucking month. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, and now I see him every day. And I mean, I love my husband, but I'm like, please. Oh, it's over. It's over. Everybody, yeah. divorce yeah. lawyers are the only people that are going to make out from this. Uh, yeah, they really. are. They they're going to clean so up. Yep. They are so I, uh, excited right now. I'm I actually really. I'm hating Mark, and we just do this for an hour every night. I'm fucking ah. One hour a night is enough, Richie like, Burn. God damn it, Angie. How do you do it? <laughs> I've always asked Angie that. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I, I had a bunch of friends ask, like, how it got to be great, you know, your home or whatever. This is the most I've ever 
been, been home. home since I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've, you know, either been doing theater or on the road as a comic since I was 18. Yeah. So I have no idea. Like, wait, I have to be home again tomorrow. When do I well, leave? Rich, well, Richie, you, I, I, you must know this, but you know, Mark got married, and then I took him to Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> Two well, days after the wedding. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> and, we, and we were, and we were, we were. I mean, what was it like a week later? And we were gone for two weeks. <laughs> it was like right after the yeah. wedding. Right, right after the wedding. So you went on the honeymoon with Mark. Yes. Yeah. We had yes. a honeymoon in a war zone. So Yeah, it, it was so lovely. And it, by the way, I always have to tell this story, speaking of um, of Mr. Mr. Riccadonna, is like, you know, because you guys are, we've never actually, Richard, you and I, I think have only worked together a couple of times. Yeah, which is so weird. But yeah. yeah. But Mark, Mark was working with me. I will not say who, whose room it was, but let's just say, <laughs> let's just say it was in Connecticut and um, we got a room, but they, but they only gave the room to the headliner. Right. And so I, I know, said, to, I know and exactly I, what you're talking yeah. And I said to Mark, I said, you can stay with me because you know, Angie knows me, you know, yeah. I mean, so, Todd and Angie were all like a big family. Right. So, right. so, was, so Mark stays with me, we get two beds and, the, the the this man tortured me with his fucking snoring. I bet. I was gonna say. I bet he's a huge fucking. He look look at him. He's a bear. He's a fucking grizzly. Bear. I mean, between but, the snor- listen, I might have snored, but you never felt so safe. You thought oh you had a God. grizzly bear I, protecting he, the. He was cave. snoring and farting, and I called Angie the next day, and well, I said he was awake. <laughs> I said. I said to Angie, you know what? I give you all the all the respect in the world. I don't, I, was, I was I was ready to fucking kill him. It's the eighth <laughs> wonder of the world, Angie, Mary, and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes. You you said you had a great march in April and it got blown out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, because well, you know, as comics, we always look at our book and go, okay, well. If this I have month this, is good. this month, this month is good. So that'll tide me over. And April, we were supposed to start the first, uh, the first big date with the funny women of a certain age at the Dallas Symphony Hall this Sunday. Actually, we we're supposed to do it on Easter Sunday, and it's been postponed till July. But that was going to be a nice, you know, like you know this. We all do this. We go, oh great, okay. So I have these weeks, and I have these weeks. So May doesn't have to be that big and June doesn't because I can, you know, you take the money and it covers the next few months. Right. Well, fuck that because so I got my, nothing. My March, April and May were loaded because I was actually going to take the summer, take the foot off the gas, spend time with the family. <laughs> God had another plan. He said, nope, you're doing it now. Yeah, um, your summer came early. You know, <laughs> Sat- Sunday, I did a guest spot on uh, at Governor's uh, Sunday, so I didn't get paid for it. But four weeks ago, this coming Sunday, will be the last time that I was on stage as a comedian. Yeah. And I, it's got to be 1990 since the last time I went for Maybe 89, 88. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's got to be. It's got, you know, and, and you just sit there going, that's just, you know, people, that's, over 30 years people yeah. have a job and retire after 20 and right. you know what i mean it's just so odd to me that that you're going wow 30 years and i have not had that kind of a break just 
less than it's a month. It's one month. And and what's weird is I don't even like honestly, I mean, this is I'm having this this has made me so happy just hanging out with you guys. But I have been so like not fun, you know, like I don't feel funny. I'm like, when I finally go back on stage, I don't even fucking know what I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm nervous about it too. I actually I really have, don't. Uh, I'm I'm like, wow, uh, is it like riding a bike? I don't know, because I have never gone this I know this what I'm week. Right. Yeah, right now, if you said a topic of one of my bits, or I said one of yours, would you be able to just jump in? I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't know. I've never not did stand up this long. It's like, yeah, do I remember my act? Yeah, it's very (laughs) odd. I was writing a book, um, and uh, about this is actually great because I was writing a book about the empty, you know, the uh, what it's like to have an empty nest, which I started eight years ago when Lane first moved out. And then he's been back four fucking times since Part then. Part two. Part two. So I started to write it, and I was really into it, and I was really creative and all this stuff. And then all this shit happened. It's like I haven't even looked at it because I just I, – you know what? I, it, it's just a very uncertain time. So and there, I, I'm sure I'll find the funny again. I mean, hanging out well, with you guys. You will. I mean, yeah. what you, you had it tonight. You, you're, you were hysterical tonight. I mean, it's not like right. you, know, you don't lose funny. Right, thank God. You know, as as an athlete, you lose your batting, you lose your pitching, you lose this, you can't run. But you, hey, I was an all-state football player. I didn't lose a thing. But you, how long has Carol been doing comedy? Forty years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen seventy-nine. So yeah, forty-one. Jesus Christ, forty-one. Wow. (laughs) Carol's comedy career is going to be getting uh, AARP soon. <laughs> well, the, well, what I the, the the line I say on stage when I talk about it is that you know I've been doing stand up for forty years. I could have killed somebody and been out of jail by now. <laughs> You'd have more to show for it if you did. Yeah, right? I, with comedy, it's like man, at least I, you would have a craft. You I know? have, I've had cats, man. I'd have fucking prison cats. Yeah. God damn it! Yeah, what a shame. And uh, think about how well your dick would have went over in prison. Woo, baby. <laughs> I'd have been the fucking captain of the fucking yard, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you, um, yeah, I mean, I think that funny's funny. We'll be funny. The timing might be a little off. There'll be rough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's funny, Mark. Like you said that, like, I barely thought about my act since this started, which, which yeah. is nice. I think, nice I think most guys who, most of us who work regularly... <laughs> When there was like your work's being canceled, we didn't panic and go, "Oh my god, I got to figure out how I'm gonna do my act somewhere." We were all like, "Okay, <laughs> like, yeah." Fine. And you know what? <laughs> you Let mean me I get to sleep in? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, I, I, I this is really important. We everyone I know who I care about, we all have reacted differently. You know, there are some of my friends like you know. I also do solo show development and I direct. Right, like I'm working on a project. Yeah, and I'm working on a project with a young lady, and she was like gung ho for a long time, and she's like, "Let's do it, let's do it," and and that's fine, you know, while we're doing this stuff. So everyone's different. Some people want to go and do stand up and do streaming, and um, good for them. I, I I mean, everyone's trying to cope because none of us. That's the only time we can all actually say we're all do like this is the first time ever where we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? So, I, you know, like, should some of the people who are streaming probably shouldn't be because they are one step away from an open micer. But you know what? Go, go for it. At risk, at risk of, at risk of uh, sounding crude, um, I, I think there's a lot of people who are doing a lot of live stuff. Like this, this podcast has been around for a while, but right. um, there's a lot of people out there who are just jumping out there now, and uh, I, I feel like they're doing a disservice to comedy because they're people are seeing shitty version of comedy because they're bombing in their living room doing stand up to nobody. Yeah. And they're going to, it's going to end up biting them in the ass because when it's time that we, when it's time to uh, get back to the clubs, people are going to have seen them and go, Ooh, that's rough. I don't know if I want to go see comedy. You yeah, know? maybe. I don't know. I, I think that I, in some ways, I think that uh, a lot of, we're going to have less places Oh yeah, uh, and I think I had a comedy club owner say this to me that this is gonna, you know, kind of we're gonna lose some of the lesser comics. He felt. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And, and that, the problem though is a bad thing, guys. No, but the guys who have a day job and do this on the side, they're gonna stick around because they're not yeah. missing nothing. Right. So it's it's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of really great young comics who are just starting to find their stride, who might get discouraged and leave. And that's a disservice to the next yeah, generation. That, that's sad. That's sad. Yeah. And uh, I'm all about, you know, you, like you guys were good to me. I want to be good to the younger guys. The younger oh, guys absolutely. need to be good to them. And I think there's a lot of people who are. <laughs> yeah. Coming from the guy who does nothing but help young comics. Well, Fuck yeah, you, exactly. Archie. No, I hate but you know what? All three of us do that because, you know, I mean, when little Mr. Riccadonna over here was a, a puppy, puppy, I took him under under sure. my wing. Gina Brion, Liz Mealy. I mean, I I still take care of young comics because you have to. You have, you have to. to teach the young ones how to be right. right. I mean, and we right. just talked about them. We had a whole show about them and, you know, rest in peace. But Vic Henley was a guy oh, man. who taught comics the ropes. If right. you were going to play the comic strip, you had to go through the Vic Henley gauntlet. Right. And if Absolutely. you could pass the test and Vic Henley approved you sitting at the bar with the rest of the pros, you were a pro. It's yep. when you graduated to being a pro. And I feel like... All the, 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 the good comics need to teach the young comics how to be good comics. Yeah. And we need less shitty comics teaching well, young people how to be comics. Yeah, I think that that'll happen. I, th I don't know. I think we're going to lose some really bad comics, and I don't think that's a bad thing. But well, right. we, are, we may lose some young guys who are coming up who aren't. To get who discouraged know. from yeah. this. Because but also there's going to be less open mics. There are bars and restaurants aren't going to do open mics. They're going to barely have enough people in their room to, right. you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, also, um, I don't know if you saw my, uh, the thing I wrote on Facebook today, that when we come back to doing comedy, it's going to be a two mask minimum. <laughs> that, I'm, I, I'm telling you, that's going to be something people are going to be like, one of the things like when this first started, I, I, I was so happy because I, I was able to finally wipe the mic down because you know how filthy the microphones mm. are. 
Mm-hmm. So I would literally uh, go you ever on. ever smelt a microphone? Oh, my God. So I was so happy that I was able to bring wipes up and wipe the mic down. And I'm going to keep doing that, man. Well, it, when back in uh, about 20 years ago, I was working with Buddy Fitzpatrick in Albany. And uh, there was the, the headliner was Mr. Methane. Do you know Mr. Methane? Do you remember yes. him? Yes. No, oh, my God. He wore a green suit. And he used to fart into the mic. Oh, my God. And that was his oh whole act. He would fart. I thought he was only in Britain. Into the microphone. He could do songs. Yeah, he could do. And then he had a whole thing. Like, it was the worst. What an act. And so he was headlining because he had been on Stern with this. Oh, Jesus. We, we, it was a two-show night. And Buddy went up, and I went up, and then Mr. Methane came out <laughs> his act. And Buddy and I went over to the owner and went, uh, there's another show, right? And he goes, yeah. And we're like, there's another mic, right? <laughs> you two ended up with pink eye on Monday. Oh, my God. But that's the thing like that. I, you know, And you're going to see a lot of like this. Whenever the lockdown is lifted, People are going to still walk around. I mean, there are going to be people in comedy clubs with masks on. Yeah, just I'm read ta- Facebook. Nobody's trusting what's well, going on anyway. Well, let's right. face it. Hopefully it's all the club owners because they've been robbing us for years. Yeah! <laughs> you know, look who's not going to get any work when this ends. <laughs> I am oh, not like associated he- with Richie Byrne. <laughs> yeah, like, like Richie does work anymore. Come on. Come I'm gonna, on. I, I'm gonna shift gears real quick, and we got to wrap up because we're almost yeah, at okay. the fifty mark. Look at we, but- okay. Carol. This is why we always. If this was in the comic strip, we'd just be like, "All right, we're gonna end, and we're gonna do another show." We're gonna start right back up. (laughs) But I want to talk to you about your directing. You do a lot of directing, and yes, um, I do for people doing one one man shows or one person shows. Yes, um, or uh, in theater, any kind of theater. You're a a terrific director, and where can people who may be interested in doing that? How can they look you up? And also tell us a little bit about the process of that. Um, okay. So the reason I started that, that was my, my, I became a director before I created funny women, because at 50, I realized that the, my opportunities are just dwindling. Mm -hmm. So I just started to, I directed Jim Florentine's, uh, uh, special, um, I'm your savior, which is on Amazon prime right now. Um, and what I do is basically people come to me, like there's two ways to do it. Either you, you come to me like with a blank slate, and you discuss with me what you want to do. And then I say, okay, that's either a great idea or it's not a good idea. Or you bring a script to me and we go through the script and I basically mold the script into what will become a solo show. Because a lot of comedians think, it's so interesting. So comedians think, oh, well, I'll do a solo show. I'll do just 60 minutes of my act. And that's not a solo show. Right. It doesn't work. That's stand-up comedy. Like one of the things I fought with Florentine about was he used to have a mic. He used to bring. He used to. He used to have an opening act for the solo show, and he used to bring a mic. He used to have a mic, and I said, "Okay, now you're just doing stand-up." And it really is a huge difference if mm-hmm. you're just out there with not a. You're just out I there. I saw on a the show stage. in Atlanta at the Laughing School after you worked with it. It was unbelievable. You did an yeah. awesome job with it. Thank you, thank you. I mean, and uh, you know, I mean, and uh, you know, we're th- we're all theater people, so a solo show has um, peaks and valleys. Like I, I was just working with um, uh, Don Barnhart from Vegas, yeah. and he oh, asked me Don. to look over his special, and I said, okay, it's good. There's some great 
bits here, but stop worrying about it being funny. Write the fucking story, and you're, we're all comedians. We will make sure. Yeah. We're, we're, funny's not going to be the problem. You got to write the story first, right. and and that's basically what I do. I basically work with everybody and make you know and make the story, and 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 it also has to be. You have to be very careful when, you, especially if you do solo shows in New York. You can't do these type of things like, you know, I was a drug addict and I and I I used to blow guys for cocaine and and now and now I'm everything's great because I found Jesus. You can't do that right. because the, the the critics will crucify you. You can't do this like well if you just do this. The sun will come out tomorrow because uh, Suzanne yeah, Summers can't be did sappy. A, right. And Suzanne Summers came to Broadway and did that and did it sappy and they destroyed her. So it has to be, it has to be poignant. It has to be a really good story and it be has real. to be funny. Right. Yeah. It has to be real. Absolutely. Right. And if, if people want to find me to, to direct, you can just, Reach out on all the different social medias. You can reach out on Instagram and Twitter. Carol Montgomery, National yeah. Mom. Yeah, and then That's... Carol Montgomery Comic is Instagram. You can find me. Believe me, I'm all over the place. And I got yeah. a feeling she'll be back on this show very soon. Yeah, like we... like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we got our Alec Baldwin. She needs to come back. She's... Yeah, I do. I do yeah. have to come back. This has made me so happy. I I can't tell you. I I think the thing that. You got, your audience needs to understand is that as comics, we love to be around each other. And it's killing me that I can't like like go through the screen and hug you guys. Yeah. No, I, I know. I know. You and know. in person, no longer. No more no hugs. No longer. That's no hugs. Barely yeah. a handshake. Wait, wait, wait. When I, handshake well, second base now. When I did, uh, one time I was doing the Richie Burns show, my friend Sue, who's an actress in it, she came up to me and she said, God, you comics, you're brutal to each other. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and I went, yeah, that's called love. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. Love, you know? We torture the ones we love. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if, if we're being nice to each other, then you're like, wow, I guess wow. they don't like me. They, they must hate yeah. me. Wow. They think that guy sucks. No, I, <laughs> that I, I learned my lesson uh, in Long Island. The first time Downey and Trucin brought me out to Long Island. And I got in that green room, and everybody was so brutal. Mm. They were so mean. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I'm a fucking hillbilly from Ohio. I We went out to the car, and Trucin was driving me home. He goes, what would you think? And I go, all those people hated me. They all hated me. And he goes, if they said anything nice, those are the people that hate you. Right. <laughs> and I go, oh, then I guess they like me because yeah. they're Absolutely. really mean. Absolutely. <laughs> Our, our all our mutual friend, uh, our buddy Joe Starr, when I walked in, he saw that I walked in and he pretended he didn't see me. And he goes down the lineup and he's like, blah, 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 blah. Mark Rigadonna. Oh, guess they can't all be comics tonight. And walked away. <laughs> That's when I knew. That's when yeah. I knew. Uh, Carol, thank you so much. Thank you oh, for thank coming you on. We're going we're, we're to kick you out now. Yeah, we love right, you. But I'm going to go backstage. Stay backstage. Yeah, stay backstage. Where you service us for what you did tonight, because we yeah we yeah your nice plug here. Yeah, whatever the fuck you service yourself. Richie's always sexually harassing our guests backstage. <laughs> Let's bring Joel out real fast to say <laughs> good night to everybody. Way to take her out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Knock her out. I do a terrible sexist joke. I mean, it's the it's the Me Too movement. I make a joke like that, and Joey bangs her out before I can. We're, we're we're cutting all risk. Listen, I screwed up witch hunt tonight 
was part of the whole, and people were supposed to vote on it. Last night, my name was Limelight. Tonight, my name was Witch Hunt. See if, if they can, get it tomorrow. If you can figure it out tomorrow, you win, what, what the uh, tie-in is, you win a T-shirt. Limelight, Witch Hunt, there'll be a different name tomorrow. Uh, Joe, you got anything you want to talk about um, sharing? Uh, well, listen, um, keep keep sharing and keep keep commenting. We appreciate all of our fans. We had over 3,500 views. Uh, please keep commenting, keep sharing. Uh, Drop It Names comes out every Tuesday. And uh, we have a bunch of other podcasts. Uh, follow Soul Joel TV and buy a hat, buy a shirt. Keep supporting us so we can keep providing this for Burned free. Burned out on video, on Vimeo. Video, video. Get your VHS. We were nearly, your, nearly flawless. I was almost in the 21st century. And get I your VHS and your vinyl album of Richie Byrne. Richie's first special is available at Betamax. Good night. <laughs> That's drinks, jokes, and storytelling. Wrap it up, though. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.